0: chris bryant and i'm here with my co-host tara scott
1: hey everyone welcome to episode 21 that is right we are 21 which means we can do anything now except run for president here's the thing i didn't know until we were running through this earlier did you know everybody now that you can rent a car in the united states and you don't have to be 25 anymore i didn't know that
0: you can be 21 yes Yes, isn't that crazy? I mean, the world went to shit. So (laughs) rather than like have the car companies, the car rental companies go under, they just said, hey, let's open it up. We're going to open it up. 21 year olds, we can rent. We'll rent to you.
1: I wonder how that went for them. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Hmm. Okay, so tell me, Tara, what the fuck is going on in Canada? You have news for us.
1: Uh, There's a lot of things happening in Canada right now. So we are actually recording this the day before a federal election so justin trudeau decided hey why not have an election two years earlier than we need to have <laughs> i suspect it's because he has a minority government uh instead of a majority basically which means he has to work with other parties to get shit done and i think got greedy and wanted to go for the majority and why this is especially um burns my ass at the moment also is that uh neil and i are not able to vote because our whole family got covid
0: unbelievable you have been sequestered for like i feel like eight years <laughs> I'm also... trying to avoid getting covid and you've kept your family mm-hmm. everybody in the bubble that is your house mm-hmm. and like boom
1: yeah we Last year, we had our kids doing what was called online hub learning here in our province in Alberta. And um, I don't... Oh, yeah, we did talk... We ta- So we talked about the Calgary Stampede, I think, a couple of yes, episodes, right? Yes, we did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about the seedy side of the Calgary Stampede. <laughs> and so here's the thing. And I think at the time, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, because I would have to actually go back and listen to the episode. My memory is so crap lately. But I think I also talked about how I thought it was really stupid that we were having it because like, sure, COVID cases are low, but like, why would we create a gigantic super spreader event? And so we went from COVID positivity rate, uh, which is just like when they're doing the testing, how many of the tests come out positive? And so we went from a rate of around or below 1%, which was incredible, oh right? Yeah, it was so good. Amazing. Uh, we're back up to that like 11 or 12% range now. And it's gotten so bad that our healthcare system is collapsing. Like we're having to ask other provinces to take ICU patients and all of that. And our premier was basically absent for most of the summer. And some of it we believe is actually the guy that's running for conservative, who hopefully by the time everybody's listening to this podcast is not our prime minister. Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see to, uh, in a couple of days when I wake up what it's like. <laughs> but they didn't really do anything for COVID, and they did nothing for the schools. In fact, they they said they stripped back some of the guidance from what was done in the schools. And so our kids were in school for seven days before one of them brought COVID home. Here's the other part that to me is fucking wild. We were supposed to send our other kid to school. Like even though one of them had COVID, according to the current rules, the other one was still supposed to go back in. And so we talked to her. uh, We talked to the school and we said, what do you want us to do? And they were like, we can't tell you to keep her home. <laughs> but we decided to keep her home anyway. Um, and I'm glad it's... we did. Because two yeah, days later. Sure. So so our one daughter tested positive and this daughter tested negative, which is why I say she was supposed to go to school. But like we felt gross about that. And, you yeah, know, we're, sure. we're so lucky. Neil's a stay at home dad. And so it's not like it's definitely worked to keep you know kids at home it's work for him but like it doesn't mean that i have to take days off of work it doesn't you know it's not a massive disruption to to kind of everything happening in our family so we said let's just keep her home for the week and see what happens and two days later she woke up with a fever good lord yeah
0: you know every day i wake up and i'm like i swallow immediately Mm -hmm. like i wake up and i swallow Mm -hmm. because is my throat sore Mm -hmm. because we're having the same shit down here where people have just thrown in the towel thrown in the mask so to speak Mm. and they just don't care they're done they are absolutely done no and i read an article last night where there are five countries that have just basically said fuck it
1: where are they like are these countries with any kind of amount of wealth and buying power for vaccines or are they the are they the countries Uh, where they're not able to get vaccines anyway
0: you know i wish i could answer that because like like last night you know it was one of those where it's like wow what dumbass countries are are opening it up, and they don't care and it was uh maybe I think Argentina was one uh mm-hmm. Thailand um I wish I could remember all five, but it was just like, I don't want to go there, no, no interest on in going there, no, you know the the shit thing is is like my sister right now she is on a sabbatical over in Europe mm. she actually she hit Greece last night, so she'll be in Greece for a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know at least. You know, she's able to, to do this, and my sister's very, um she loves to travel. She's always traveled her whole entire life, and uh she doesn't fight the vaccines. Especially when you go travel to different countries, some of them require different vaccines, and people have to get them in mm-hmm. order to travel. So these people who are fighting the vaccine, including, a lot of, what, one, two, three, four people in my office, I'm just like, you guys are idiots. Mm-hmm. Like you're the reason why, like, this is going to be the wipeout you know, yeah. Events of our lifetime.
1: Well, yesterday I was scrolling through um some friends' stories on Instagram and both of them posted uh two sorry, there were two that posted videos of there were actually like people marching. Well there were like it, it and I was reading about to say there ended up being a thousand people that like marched through part of Calgary and then had this big ass rally outside of a hospital downtown. And it was because one of the, so we have this political party here in Canada that's basically like the, hello, we're the white supremacist transphobic fuckhead party. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even going to name them. And their party leader was here in town. And I was like, thanks for the fucking super spreader event, asshole. In like, again, in a place where we don't have, like doctors are telling people to chew their food carefully and to drive the speed limit. Because nobody can go to the hospital right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like it's wild. The thing that's kind of surprised me. Oh, I so I feel like we've probably waited too long, and there are probably some listeners who are like, "Oh my god!" But your family. So also, my my family is okay. We have mild cases, all of us. The kids are well, well, well on the mend. Neil is. uh, I mean, by the time this episode goes out, everybody should be in the clear and totally fine. The thing that surprised me is that now that I can't do it, I, all I all I want to do is just go for a walk. <laughs> I don't even think I can walk very far right now. Like, I don't want to go on a far walk. I just want to walk, like, a couple blocks. Just be outside. Let the sun all touch right, my drop, face as I walk drop. down the street. And uh, I can't do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to do that. And I want to vote tomorrow. But
0: Right. That sucks. Yeah
1: that's my I'm sorry, i I'm sorry. i uh, i tell myself that at least i live in a riding where my vote uh doesn't matter because i know the candidate. all votes matter all votes matter but at least i know my vote will not tip anything <laughs> either way because and i guess the other upside is that you know we have uh an election for our mayor in a few weeks and so we'll be able to go do that
0: okay good
1: yeah Anyway, now you know all about Canadian politics, right? Jeez, Uh, the state of illness in my house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, well, I'm glad that everybody's on the mend. Mm -hmm. Me too. I was afraid of that. A lot of, you know, we opened up the schools here too. And sure enough, you know, like everybody's catching it, giving it to, you know, their parents and, you know, it's hard. We're, we're, I think our rate is like 14% now. We were down there. We got down to, like, maybe below four or Mm -hmm. something. And then, boom, everybody's like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's do everything. Let's go and have a great summer and go to all these amusement parks and super spreader events. Hey, let's go to the Garth Brook concert that has, like, 80,000 people at Arrowhead. Mm -mm. And I'm sure several cases came out of that one because, like, two people were wearing their masks. Oh,
1: my God. I sometimes even just have a problem now watching videos of concerts <laughs> because I know, of all I people. Do too. a couple nights it's ago boring. I was oh, I, I don't even know how I oh I know what happened so I ended up in a YouTube rabbit hole as one does exactly and I don't even know how it got suggested to me but there was a video there's a there's a clip on on YouTube and it's Annie Lennox and David Bowie and they're um, rehearsing their performance for Freddie Mercury's tribute concert after he died. So I think this concert happened in 1992, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty good," because they were doing "Under Pressure" together. Annie Lennox was singing oh, cool. was singing Freddie Mercury's part, and like incredible. And then I thought, "Well, I wonder if I can find the rest of this concert." And then I found, <laughs> so I found the concert, and then you watched Live Aid, and then <laughs> I perhaps may have done that but i learned two things watching this concert the first was that i was just so freaked out seeing that many people in one place i'm like you're all gonna get sick <laughs> don't do it the other and this is uh on the topic of the musicians i did not expect that for me the performance of the night would be liza minnelli singing we are the champions wow she's so good it like wow. honestly incredible performance, and then I was like, "Why are these people so excited?" And then I remembered, "Oh yeah, the gays loved M- Liza Minnelli, yeah.
0: <laughs> right? For sure." So here's something: so like I have a list of like five artists mm-hmm. that have pure voices. Like their voices to me, when they sing, yeah. are so pure and beautiful. And I might not dig their music, mm-hmm. but their voices are just so beautiful yes and uh judy garland
1: oh yeah yeah so she's
0: one for me and mm-hmm. but annie lennox is another one
1: who else is on like, your list i
0: i think she uh my list also includes uh karen carpenter oh like yeah. i mean come on her life was her her voice was beautiful what a sad story that was mm-hmm. and those are the three that pop up like immediately but you mentioned liza minnelli and of course i had to go to there i'm to judy garland i had to. oh that, yeah so um but yes anyway totally off topic
1: for the babies that are listening <laughs> judy garland <laughs> was liza minnelli's mom
0: right and had a beautiful voice saying mm-hmm. um probably the song that everybody knows is somewhere over the rainbow Yeah. probably is the one that everybody knows that but oh my gosh beautiful voice beautiful oh
1: absolutely voice.
0: Okay, so let's get back on track. Woo! Because <laughs> I could go on about the COVID oh my God. masks, things that are happening just outside my door. I could go on, but <laughs> nobody wants to hear that because we deal with it every day. So let's switch and we want to give a quick thank you to someone called, quote unquote, not that kind of Karen, who supported us on Kofi with this note. I look forward to your podcast every time. That was very sweet. So lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Not that kind of Karen. Uh and for anybody who is not familiar, it's a site, Kofi is a site that you can financially support your favorite content creators and it helps maintain the site and everything we need to spend money on to, to keep this podcast rolling.
1: Yes. Yeah, thank you so, so much, Karen. So it's listener question time. Yay! Another yay. Sophie G asked uh loved one last stop with a passion any similar books or good follow-ups now chris you haven't read this yet have you no i have not okay so this question is for me so (laughs) um (laughs) i'm gonna say first of all there is no book that's quite like one last stop and i think that's part of why i loved it so much like it really just feels so unique out of everything that i've read before um but I do have a couple of recommendations for you Sophie and what I've done is kind of split them by element that was in one last stop because it has you know that has a lot going in it so I thought if you want something with a time travel element timeless by Rachel Spangler is wonderful just a really really fantastic romance and all I'm going to say with that one is just read it I'm not even going to tell you about it this is going to be one of the few times that I am not i'm just gonna say go read something just trust me on this one and i've heard that the audiobook is incredible and then if you like books that have strong found family off limits by vanessa north is a really great one because it has a character who by day works at a social club and by night is in a band and when she is with her band like that's where that found family comes out And is very, very good. So I definitely recommend those two books. But please don't be surprised that they're nothing like One Last Stop. Because (laughs) One Last Stop is like nothing else that's out there.
0: I was going to say, that did sound... When you were talking about it, um, whatever episode it was, it sounded really, really good. Very entertaining. And I did... And I do want to read it. Oh, good. I do want to read it. I will read it. I will.
1: I will. That is the only FF book... I recommended that neil has read and he really liked it too yeah apparently i talked about it with such passion that he was like all right i gotta get this one and then he said he really enjoyed it nice. so there you go that's a, i mean that i don't know I, I feel like i have half a sentence missing and i don't know what it <laughs> is <laughs> oh, let's move on yeah let's move on okay Uh, all right, our pal, queer, weirdo, human being. First of all, thank you for regularly giving us questions, right? Uh, yeah, we so we need it. Yes, thank you. They want to know, do we have any recs for funny books? So, Chris, do you have any?
0: Yes, um, I do. Like, my gal pal, KB Draper, is absolutely super funny, and she has written several books, she's done some series and uh she also wrote the U-Haul diaries which came out i don't know 5 6 years ago and that was kind of that's pretty hilarious but uh if you're not into reading about other people's hookups then i would recommend a book uh called spirit smirits spirits smir
1: smir <laughs> are you sure that's the one you want to recommend kb you know? why is your title <laughs> unpronounceable spirits smirits
0: spirit smirits yeah. there we go ha <laughs> So it's the start of a trilogy and it's actually hilarious and it's about uh an ex cop uh, her name, her name is AJ she turned into a super spirit infused demon hunter uh strictly by being at the wrong place at the wrong time and so it's hilarious so it's a very it's it's a supernatural but it's hilarious and KB is actually writing her first romance what? that has high comedy content <gasps> right now and so when that comes cool. out i'm sure that will be a recommendation too because she is absolutely hilarious if you like anne mcmahon and that kind of humor uh you know kb draper brings it brings that kind of humor as well nice so that's that's what i recommend
1: is, what about you is spirit well first i have a question is spirits uh-huh. is this book that See? you said <laughs> is it the first in the series or is demons is. the first um you know i think you're right I think
0: you're right. It's Demons, Demon Sheemans. That's probably why I'm messing it up. Demon Sheemans, Spirits, Smirits, and then Hell's Bells. I can pronounce Hell's Bells. That's easy. Yeah. But I think you're right. Demon Sheemans is is the the first. So let's correct that and go to read that first book instead. Yeah. They're all hilarious for sure, but. But yeah, you need to start it. Thank you. Good catch. Thank
1: you. Yeah, I and the only reason I know that I haven't read them yet, I'm so sorry, KB Draper, um, is because I remember, I think it was, I think it was Brooklyn who reviewed them at the Lesbian Review and loved them so much. Yeah. So my recommendation, so the first thing I would say is, if you haven't read Robin Alexander, oh my God, her books, most of her books are so funny. And so it's kind of hard to narrow it down because I love a bunch of them. I love Always Alex. I love The Fall. But the one that I'm going to go with is Just Jory. And I think Just Jory is probably the funniest. Uh, Always Alex might be as well. The one thing I'll say is do not read those two books back to back. They're both hilarious and excellent, but they have such similar elements that if you read them that close together, it can feel a bit repetitive. Whereas if you read them with like read one, read a bunch of other books, read the other one, you'll have a good time. But with just Jory, it's um it's a road trip romance. It's these two women that meet at an airport and their flight gets cancelled because of snow. and so they rent a car and the hijinks and love kind of ensue along the way. and there's like a super sassy grandma, and it's just oh, it's so funny, and it's so lovely. I just really, really enjoy that one. And the other one, is a book that i laughed so hard i was crying and had to put my kindle down more than once and it's called mrs martin's incomparable adventure by courtney milan and courtney milan is probably not even probably is most famous because she writes a lot of male-female romances that's how I first, like, back before I even knew what Lesfic was, I was reading her romances. But she released this one a couple of years ago. And it is an FF romance. And it's two women that, one of them is 69 and the other one is 72. Which I kind of loved. It's a historical <laughs> romance. And the premise is there's this woman. So it's the the one who's younger. And she worked at, she's like a lower class woman. I'm trying to think if this is all taking place in London or not. It's been a while since I've read it. But anyway, it takes place in England. And she's been working at this boarding house forever. And her boss told her, like, just work up until this point and you will get a pension. And he fired her shortly before that. And she's Ah. like, well, fuck. What am I going to do? How am I going to take care of myself? And so she knew that there was a guy staying at the boarding house that wasn't paying up. So she decided to go visit his aunt and say... Your nephew's a jackass. he said he would pay me. I own this boarding house, even though she doesn't. <laughs> Can you pay me what he owes? And so this other one she's she's uh, I believe she's widowed, but anyway, her doctor has said, like you're depressed, you need an adventure." And she says, "Aha, listen, lady. my nephew might be an asshole, but here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna ruin him, and when we do. I'm going to pay you. I am not paying back what he owes. I am just paying you for this adventure. And so they go and they just (laughs) torture this guy who is like, he is a bad man. So seeing all that and some of the stuff they come up with is so bonkers. It is hilarious. But there's this like really lovely romance that happens along the way too. And these like really wistful passages that just really contemplate like who is allowed to age and who is not allowed to age and like what what does that mean in terms of like visibility and society and whatever and it just makes this like perfect little novella that i actually highly highly recommend so definitely check that one out if you want to laugh if that's not enough books for you uh the lesbian review which is a, is one of the sites that i'm a regular contributor at We have a list of 31 books. It's a list that's actually called 31 books that made us LOL. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And if you want books that I, I mean, first of all, check out all the books if you like. But if you want books that only I like, search for my name because it says which reviewers recommend which books. So definitely please go check that out. I'm going to go check that out
0: because I think that's great. I love that the Lesbian Review makes these lists for people mm-hmm. and, and you and when you post it everybody always says oh thank you so much for posting this book on h gap h romances yes. or you know teacher student romances or you know whatever trope you like yeah so I think that's great yeah.
1: yeah so and we'll also uh we're gonna put that link in the show notes for you so you don't yep. have to uh so you don't have to dig for it something else we want to tell you about yes there is a crowdfunding <laughs> campaign happening right now right now Not only right Mm -hmm. now when we're recording, but right now when you're listening. Right. And it is for a feature-length animated film. They're expecting to release it in spring of 2024. And it is called Maxi LaWow Drag Super Shiro. And (laughs) it's going to introduce us all to our first drag heroine. Which I think is pretty exciting. Right. And... It's up on Indiegogo. That's where they're doing the crowdfunding for it. Uh, As of right now, when we're recording, it looks like they're about a third of the way there. But I'm really hoping that everybody is willing to kick in a little bit because I would love to see this brought to life so that we can, like, give us our openly, incredibly queer superhero. Please and thank you. And let her be a drag queen.
0: And there's, like, a little trailer, too, that is just... I love it. I love the trailer and when tara sent me the information i'm like hey did you check out the trailer and she was like no i could go, go check it out yeah because it is it is totally up your alley way up your alley
1: well and i love that so not only is maxi luau this our, our drag superhero, uh gonna be a drag queen but so is her arch nemesis dana Bollicle, which i think is cute <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> Uh, I love drag names. I really do. I know I also love that in the promo materials where they were talking about it, they said, with a nefarious uh scheme, tucked up and ready for every situation. It's like I love that they <laughs> added a tucking joke in there. <laughs> <sighs> So yeah, if you're so inclined, if you are a fan of drag, if you want to see more queer films, and especially like fun queer animated films, just check out that Indiegogo link, which also we're going to put the campaign link in our show notes and consider kicking a little bit of money their way so that we can get more awesome queer drag content. So Chris, what have you been watching or reading?
0: So I am still watching The Walking Dead, the final season. I'm going to be a hot mess when the show ends.
1: How's, it go- how's the season going so far?
0: You know, it's interesting. I think The Walking Dead is kind of like Game of Thrones. I will only ever watch it once because so much happens. And it's not something you can go back and rewatch because it's just so... Mm stressful and you're like who's gonna die this episode and who's gonna live and it's and that's how it was with game of thrones with me like Mm -hmm. i can only ever watch one episode from game of thrones over and over again and that's the battle scene and so far i have yet to find an episode of the walking dead that i want to watch over and over again Mm -hmm. because it's just so sad and so but i'm invested you know i know these people i've been with these people for 10 years and um so I'm a little sad, but this season, um, you know, just when you get rid of like a bunch of bad people from last season, a, a brand new group of bad people show up, mm, quote unquote mm-hmm. bad people. So I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tired about that, but I mean, I get it because in an apocalypse, you're going to not, you're going to, the people who are alive are probably shady fucks,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and you're not going to find grandma still alive, you know, baking cookies, come on in. <laughs> You know, that's not going to happen. You know, it's going to be, like, the the survival of the fittest. And these people are going to kill people. So we're getting ready to end that. And I'm just like, you know, I never, I didn't watch or I didn't read the comic books. And I know Mm -hmm. it it totally goes off of um, it doesn't really follow the script. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, that's kind of sad. I'm still watching the L word, Generation Q. And, like, I created this huge blow up on twitter earlier about uh, gg <laughs> because i said unpopular opinion i'm not a Gigi fan so like everybody out of like came at me and i was like back off you know but i did have some support because
1: anyway is that everybody who... likes Gigi? is she the one that you said you were kill in mary Pop- Pro- no what did I
0: say? No, I didn't. I didn't bring up Gigi at all. I th- I said Alice. I just I'm just done with Alice. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah,
1: I didn't. I couldn't remember mostly because I've never watched Generation Q, so I don't know who anybody right <laughs> who's on it. Yeah. So not.
0: Gigi is everybody's like, oh, she's so hot. She's so hot. She's fucking crazy. Like she is somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can admire from afar. Like you're very beautiful, but you're also kind of like messed up, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And I can't be a part of that. I need peace in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a fantasy like it's still like people who are unstable or unhinged are automatically ugly to me whether physically they're pretty to me i only see ugly it's the weirdest thing it's like i just can't like certain people or find them attractive because they're so crazy
1: well yeah and i mean i feel like there's a a, there's also a very very big difference between like oh hey this is a person who is living with mental illness which is like right fair enough that's Right, uh, literally, like it's it's a medical medical condition versus somebody who just like has manipulative. Yes. just
0: like uh, yeah, it makes yeah. I I don't like her. I'm sorry, I just don't like her. No, <laughs> and then I'm also watching the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> oh, I know well, how to make everything.
1: Is someone from England here now? <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
0: <laughs> um, you know it's funny because every time I watch it, then I like start. I repeat their words. Like there's so much about baking I don't know. Yeah, and at the same time I'm like, what the fuck are they eating? Like what? What are they eating? I don't know what this is. Yeah, spices.
1: Yeah, not like oh, I like this show too. And so we've talked about it. We're we're watching the show in opposite order. You're going from (laughs) you're going from most recent to least recent. I'm I'm starting from the beginning, and going forward. And there are some episodes where I'm like. I know this is a dessert, but that looks really unpleasant to eat. Like, why is it so hot? Why is it so crispy? I just, yeah. but some uh, of it also looks amazing.
0: Right. And I have, so the good news is by going backwards, by by starting a season backwards where there's no giveaways, Mm. you get to see the top, top, you know, they have more money Mm -hmm. at the, you know, the, the most recent seasons, they have more money for things and it's just better filming you know you know just kind of yeah. better rapport and so i like doing that like i I've, I've done that with all the shows that are like that you know that are just like one and done seasons there's no special you know carry on to mm-hmm. the next one so i liked i like doing it this way so now i'm down to like a real basic you know filming yeah. and stuff. And so it doesn't bother me as much because i know that it improves and And I can kind of relax with it because that stresses me out too.
1: Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the thing that I find is that I, and I'm kind of hoping these go away in future seasons, but like, I'm enjoying all the baking stuff. I do not care about any of the, and here's the historical background to this particular thing that they're baking. I always just like, let me just zip it forward and (laughs) skip (laughs) all of that. I don't want to know any of that.
0: I, because i write when i tu- when i have it on i think i tune that part out i like want to see what they're making how they yeah. screw it up you know why they can't make a freaking loaf of bread in 10 hours mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. why How how is everybody rushing at the very end
1: i do not know like, literally
0: I how do is that not. i, I do mean not. i'm sure they do it for like just entertainment value because how exciting is it to watch you know bread bake i mean <laughs> they gotta do they gotta do something they have to like make it exciting yeah so. but i am i'm almost done with it i'm gonna i'm a half well i have like two and a half seasons left of that so that's that will get me through this book i'm writing and um yeah so that's what i'm doing that's what i'm watching what about you what have you been reading and or watching
1: so i've been doing both i oh. finally finally finished schitt's creek and I think I'd been dragging my heels on the last season just because I know there's no more of it, <laughs> and so as long as I didn't watch it, it wasn't truly over. But um, right. again, with not being able to leave the house, I was like, well, if not now, then when? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this is the <laughs> time, and it was really lovely like it w- it was really like, really lovely they I think they did a really fantastic job with how they closed off that series. It's just such a special series, and I know a lot of people um i've I've talked to a lot of friends who said, "Oh, I just can't get past how awful they are and so yeah th- that's me honestly, the thing I would say is that like you just have to kind of be able to press on because you almost they they have to be so awful at the beginning because. As you go through the six seasons, it's basically this family of narcissists learning how to be humans. And what that means for each of them is a little bit different. And so, you know, Alexis, the daughter, is she kind of like, went on her whole life before and some of her stories are insane. Like when she when she's like, Oh, yeah, and I woke up in this prison in Hong Kong or something like that, right? Where you're (laughs) like, what? and she was 12 at the time and you're like what happened to you how is this um but for her it's like learning how to have value that comes from within and not needing to be validated by you know friends or even people who claim to be friends but they're clearly not and it's just this really beautiful you know she builds a career and learns how to stand on her own two feet and then david how he's again it's like incredibly shallow but builds this business and this beautiful relationship with Patrick who he go on goes on to marry in the season finale and that they do it all in this town where homophobia just doesn't exist is also so beautiful and it's so nice to see like I just love that they made that creative decision because so many shows it's almost like they feel like they can't have queer inclusion without also including queer pain and this is a show that was like fuck that we're gonna make you cry but it's because you're feeling all the feelings like there is a scene i can't remember what season it is um but david and patrick are together at that point and i think there's some sort of um i forget what the event is but basically in their store there's a whole bunch of people from town there for the event and patrick gets like has his guitar and he sings the song simply the best to David and like I just dare anyone to watch the show (laughs) up to that point and watch that scene and not cry it's not possible (laughs) unless I don't know you're like super immune to feelings but even then I would say just watch the scene again and maybe you'll cry the second time (laughs) it's so good so I mean I would say for anybody who hasn't watched it yet truly if you can just like power through that first season where they're just kind of getting settled in the town and whatever. Just power through that and then it gets so much better. That's what, because I had the exact same thing. And then one of my best friends, Amanda, I've talked about her before on the show, but I was visiting her in Toronto and she was like, what the fuck do you mean you haven't watched this Creek? <laughs> I know. And I was in town for 10 days and we watched, oh, I th- I think we watched Into the Third Season and she was so right. That's the way to do it. Just, like, pound okay. through those early ones until you can uh, get into it. The other show I started watching, and I hesitate to mention uh, this. You no,
0: know, we're going to go around.
1: I still want to be friends after this. <laughs> so I, I don't know. So I was texting Chris last night because I've started watching Dickinson. I've seen two episodes, and I don't know if I like it yet. The first episode, so the first episode, I was like, baffled by why would they set it in the past and have all the dialogue sound like it's from right now like they all sound like they're on the bold type or something (laughs) well i i think they all sound like they're on the bold type and i kind of like the like there's some there is some of the quirky stuff that i really liked like i liked how death got included and like the carriage right. how that kept showing up like Love that some of the visuals are really good but like jane krakowski is the mother i find kind of a baffling choice at this point and i don't know if that will get better as it goes on and you get to see more of her some of the the family dynamics around her emily i just find i don't know there's a lot that feels really awkward and almost painful to watch because Ow. clearly she's not in the right place Except where exactly. else can she be? That's her family. Right.
0: Yes, exactly. She is stuck there. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the 1800s. I think, um, I think you, you, first of all, it's not an option. You have to finish it. <laughs> you just have to. It's just, you have to. Just because, you know, I think watching that other Dickinson movie just ruined it for you. Because Emily was older, you know, mm-hmm. superstar, Molly mm-hmm. Shannon, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you got to, you. We're introduced to Dickinson by a later person mm-hmm. and you said, or an older person, and you said it. Uh, there was a little bit of quirkiness, but it was kind of slow, whereas Dickinson is not, it is, it is, it's not really slow. Mm-mm. It brings a lot of uh, elements of today to that time period, I'm sure, to make it different and make it exciting and fun. And you know what? Emily Dickinson was probably fun, and we've been taught our whole lives mm-hmm. that she was a spinster. And she didn't have any friends and she was in love with her, you know, her sister-in-law. And, you know, we've all seen the picture of Emily with her part down the middle and then her hair pulled back in a bun and Mm -hmm. just, just not, but I mean, every, think about it. Would I be like that in the 1800s? Wouldn't I be like, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be like a little troublemaker for sure. I would be, and there had to have been troublemakers, especially girls. And I just feel like, really that's how it was and nobody's done it before until now with Dickinson Mm -hmm. like kind of portrayed young adults like they probably were and how they are today
1: yeah no
0: I so I'm gonna fight you on this and you're gonna (laughs) love it and you're gonna watch
1: it I started watching it which I think is the first step I'm not I'm not I'm not giving up on it yet no you might be right that the other movie ruined it for me I think mostly because the thing that I found so compelling about that film and then reading, you know, interviews with the director and that kind of thing is really hearing about and seeing how Sue has been written out how Sue was deliberately written out of the story by the mistress of Sue's husband, which is Emily Dickinson's brother. And to find out that like somebody so important was like literally erased from this history because her name was erased off of so many of the poems all out of spite because like you're the wife and fuck you They're and bitches. i have control i have yeah. all these poems and so i can do that so interesting <sighs> yes but
0: yeah i think you i think yeah because when we talked i think i started it because when i went to go watch it it said i had already seen the first two mm. episodes And I knew it was me because there's nobody else that controls it. So I was like, okay, the first two were not memorable because I didn't stick with it. So it it had to hit me at the right time to watch it. And then I couldn't stop watching
1: it. Well, and that's why we were talking about it last night. Because we were like, oh, what do we do? And I said, well, Chris (laughs) said she didn't remember the first two episodes. But she started watching from the third. So I feel like we need to watch at least a couple more.
0: Yes, give it a couple more. And then also, she's like. How old is she when this starts? Like 20, maybe? 20, 21, somewhere around there. Do you remember yourself at 21? I remember myself. I was an asshole at 21. Like I thought Mm -hmm. I knew everything. I wanted everything. I was just not, um, I didn't know things. I didn't know things about myself. I was Mm -hmm. still learning. And so I feel like you're kind of going on this journey with her you know because she's so far advanced of all of Uh her friends so you know or just even her peers people who are her age and her brother's very social so there's a lot of parties that her brother throws Mm -hmm. and uh you know she kind of gets involved just because her brother's friends are all there and it's her house you know like when the parents go out of town they throw a house they throw a party because i mean that's what happens here and i'm sure you know back then Something had to have happened like that. It's not like our generation decided to have parties mm-hmm. all of a sudden when our parents left, you know. So so I feel like I just I like how they made Dickinson relatable to us. Yes. Because the Dickinson we learned about was not somebody I was I was even remotely interested in except for her poetry. But Dickinson as a person in The Series Dickinson is somebody I would want to be friends with. Does about.
1: George, who for everybody else is a side character, does he show up quite a bit more? Because it actually turns out at this point, I think he might be my favorite character.
0: Yes, he does show up more. I love him. George is great. He's
1: so good. He's Yeah, I think he's my favorite of everybody. And I have a lot of sympathy for Sue as well. Oh!
0: Oh. Does that change? Oh, you just wait. Oh, oh, oh. yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. That doesn't surprise me. But I mean, I felt like she made a really good point. And I don't feel like it's that big of a spoiler because like literally first episode of a whole series. (laughs) But so in the first episode, it's revealed that she's going to be marrying the brother, Austin. And Emily's like, how can you do this? We were supposed to go and I don't know, whatever our youthful plans were. And she just says like, my whole family is dead. Right. I need to eat. Like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, Yeah, girl, that's what you do. Do what <laughs> you, you had to. Yeah. You gotta survive. Like, I really um I respected that.
0: Yes, you respect her now, but wait till the end. I um we'll see.
1: Okay. Stay we'll see. with
0: it. Stay with it.
1: All right, all right.
0: We'll all check right. back next next episode. <laughs> I, hopefully you'll have at least, you know, five more episodes under your belt next time we talk.
1: All right, we'll see how that goes. Uh okay. and then the last thing, so I am reading a book. I don't know about anybody else with this like i have kind of hit a wall with the fourth wave of the pandemic where it's hard for me to get into books but this is a book that like sucked me right in and i'm not done yet um but i'm really enjoying it and it's called match to love by uh, first of all i'm gonna apologize if i mispronounce your first name but i believe it's johanna gavez and this has it's a law student with a professional like top tier tennis player and the thing that I love about it is that they meet through fanfic on Tumblr. So one, of them, one of them writes fanfic. I don't even know what the fandom is. Um, I'm not sure that matters. But one of them is writing fanfic. The other one is a fan- I believe it's the law student who's writing the fanfic.
0: How and does a law student have time to write fanfic?
1: How does a professional tennis player have time to read fanfic? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, on the plane ride over to Wimbledon or something.
1: Well, I suppose that's possible. <laughs> So, like, the tennis player kind of sends her a message through Tumblr DMs and is like, hey, I really like And so they start, like, just talking back and forth to each other for months. And the law student doesn't know that she's talking to somebody very famous. She has no idea. And so the point that, that I'm at now is that that's kind of just been revealed. But it's so cute. Their interactions are adorable. And I kind of, I love... I love the meeting through fanfic premise. I actually know people who have done that, who have married their, their partners because yeah, like one of them was a fanfic author and the other one was a fan and that is how they got together. And I just, I think it's super cute. And I so hope that this book sticks the landing. Like I want the whole thing to be just as great as it's been so far because I've just enjoyed it so much.
0: Okay. The law student dies.
1: How dare you? (laughs) Just kidding. <laughs> Don't manifest that onto yeah, my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully can't it doesn't happen. happen that way. That's right. You have those powers. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Chris, it's that time. Yes. What is your official recommendation this week? All right. So,
0: after last episode's sad yet very important recommendation, mm-hmm. I needed queer fluff. Hell yes. And I thought it was going to be fluff because, hello, the title is. Abby and Ellie and Ellie's Dead Aunt. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. So they say don't touch a book by its cover, but we all do. And you and I have said a lot about covers. And <laughs> I have a lot um, to say about covers. <laughs> and so I picked this movie because the name of it just made me laugh. It just made me laugh and I needed it. And it's a it's an Australian coming of age story directed by Monica Zanetti. And I'll read you the movie synopsis slash right. blurb. It says, 17-year-old Ellie is struggling to find the courage to ask her classmate, Abby, to the formal. Luckily, her aunt, Tara, not to be confused with Tara, even though it's spelled the same. Rude. Messes me up. I know. (laughs) A lesbian who died in the 80s has shown up as a fairy godmother to dish out advice whether Ellie wants it or not. So I'm like, okay, right? Maybe I'm in the mood since I saw Cinderella.
1: Sounds adorable.
0: We'll start off by talking about Ellie. So Ellie Mm -hmm. is top of her class. She's kind of a nerdy, sporty girl. And she likes Abby, but she isn't sure if Abby's gay. So when Ellie finally tells her mother that she's gay, something magical happens. Mm -hmm. We'll start off by saying that Ellie and her mom don't have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, her mom's kind of standoffish. She's not serious about life. She's very serious. She just isn't serious about her daughter type thing so Mm -hmm. so their relationship isn't the best she blurts out that her mother is a bigot after she says i'm gay and her mom just is frozen just is smiling at her doesn't know Mm -hmm. how to process this doesn't know what to say Mm -hmm. and so ellie's like you're a bigot and she runs off and storm you know she slams the door to the bathroom and she's like trying to process all of this and right then she's visited by her fairy godmother which is her ed dan her her dead aunt (laughs) Uh uh-huh so she's freaked out she's freaked out because like what the hell she she has never met her aunt because her aunt died before she was even born Mm -hmm. so she's like no really i'm your aunt and i'm gonna show you how to get the girl and so ellie's like you know what this isn't Like, everybody's out. It's okay to be gay. It's no big deal. This isn't a big deal. I can do this. Like, (laughs) there are gay people everywhere. There's no problems. It's okay to be gay. And the aunt, Tara, which Mm -hmm. is so hard. Tara, Mm -hmm. Tara, Tara, Tara. (laughs) eh." So, aunt Tara, she tries to help. And through this whole process, she's trying to help. And she just, everything snowballs out of control. She's like, you know, do you even know that Abby's into women? And so it's cute because she's like, here's one question you can find out if anybody is ever gay. Mm-hmm. Ask her who her favorite player is on the AFL team. What, Like, who is her favorite football player? And she's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. So then she's thinking, she's in, she sneaks into detention so she can ask her. You know, mm-hmm. there's like four people in the class and the teacher's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, uh, I got in trouble for uh, um, littering. And so then Abby's like, I don't like people who litter. You did this whole social thing on littering. So why would you litter? And so like every Mm -hmm. single time she tries to get close (laughs) and ask her, it always ends up like snowballing into something horrible. And so, you know, at the end, you know, the formal is getting closer and she still hasn't asked her. And, you know, the aunt tries to help and it's just, it's just awful. So finally she tells her aunt, I don't want your help anymore. Go away. Mm -hmm. So her aunt disappears. So then she's, she's in class and uh, something happens and she races home and she asks her mom, what happened to my aunt? Mm -hmm. What happened to her? And this whole time her, her mom has always just said that her aunt died in a car crash. Mm -hmm. So, but you don't know that there is history about this car crash and why it was so important. So, so the, the mother never really talked about her sister because it was so painful. And she finally mm-hmm. breaks down. She's like, look, this was too painful to talk about. I lost my parents and my sister because of this. Because my parents were so, like, fierce about finding this car crash, this person who created this car crash, and they never found them. And so the, her parents basically died of broken hearts because they couldn't. So mm-hmm. it's just like a, she doesn't want to talk about it. She misses mm-hmm. her sister, doesn't want to talk about it. So so it it starts off really cute and fluffy, and you're like you're rooting, and all of a sudden it gets serious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then it comes around again, and you find out like Ellie's aunt was really into LGBT rights in the late '80s, -hmm. like in in '89. She like she does all these rallies and uh, protests, and just like we need rights, we deserve rights, and you don't realize that she's this huge person in this community, and because of her aunt everything is accepted in this community now and she, she was never told this mm-hmm. so she begs to to talk to her aunt she's like please if you're around if you're listening please i need to talk to you and so it's just really sweet and it ends up very well you know it leaves you with a smile and, You know, so i recommend it because it does talk about important issues but it doesn't mm-hmm. in a way that like it, it you feel it but then you're like okay good Phew. you know we've, we've resolved it so it's just mm-hmm. it's a good movie. It's really cute i recommend really sweet it. yeah so there it is and plus the name again abby mm-hmm. and ellie and ellie's dead aunt
1: i'm gonna see if i can find that one here in canada
0: yeah you should uh how did i find it because like my magical remote is dead it's that's, dead
1: that's like your magical lo- that's i know Oh no
0: i know so i don't know what to do so i guess i have to trade it in or something i'll have to take it into the uh company the cable company Tell them to give me a new one because that's what I do. LGBTQ movies, and then it gives me an option. So I had to actually go do research and try to find something and watch trailers. No. It took a long time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds like it paid off this time.
0: Yeah, it did. It was really cute. I do recommend <laughs> it, especially after like the seriousness of the last one. Oh, and yeah. this one, even though it does have some serious issues, it's really cute. I liked it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sounds
0: so. good okay. What about you, Tara? What is your big recommendation for this week?
1: all right so my big recommendation is an hbo series called we're here and this is a i don't know what you call it it's not a documentary it's not maybe it is a nonfiction. i don't know anyway it has three of the most famous drag queens from rupaul's drag race it has shangela who is famous for being in seasons two three and then i forget which season of all stars she was in eureka o'hara who was the top she was in the top four of the most recent all-stars season that we were just talking about she got very close to winning and bob the drag queen who won i believe <laughs> season eight of the main uh series and so what they do is in each episode they go to a small town and well mostly they're all small towns except for branson missouri i guess because that doesn't look like oh. it's that small Man, all I got to say after watching that is like, fuck Branson. And if fuck you, Branson. If you are sure. a listener who lives there, I am so sorry.
0: Yes, move up to Kansas City. It's not much better, but it sure beats Branson.
1: Holy shit. And so they go to all these small towns, plus Branson, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, they put on a drag show. And each of them adopts between one and three locals. As their drag daughters or drag sons, and gets them in drag and puts them in the show as well with them, and the whole point of it is to try to change hearts and minds at least even a little bit in each town. And as they're doing it, they they recognize they're like, look, we're not going to change everything. Even um, so, I finished it up last night, and even in episode five, I'm trying to remember if it was I think it was Shandela who was telling her drag daughter she's like look you're not going to change everything in your life with this one performance but hopefully it's going to change something and that that can be the start of lasting change with it which i think is incredible and the people that they make up in drag some of them are queer um like last night i watched one there was a lesbian drag king Uh, she had lost an arm and a leg in a motorcycle accident it was her first time dancing since then so that was kind of a pretty big deal for her. and But I also loved, side note, I loved hearing her story. So the, she actually met her wife because of this accident. She woke up in the hospital and saw this woman who was kind of from afar. And there was this, like, light around her almost. And she ended up marrying <laughs> her. And they're so fucking cute. <laughs> um, sounds like a lesbian movie. It I mean, does, doesn't book, it? A book,
0: yeah. Or both.
1: Yeah. It totally sounds like one. And they... Actually, I just realized they're probably not all small towns. Here's the thing. I'm Canadian. I don't know the size of your <laughs> you cities and towns, but I just realized that Gettysburg is probably not that small. And the first episode takes place in Gettysburg. Gettysburg, Gettysburg
0: is very, um, that is not a place I would want to be gay. I guess that's
1: no. what I want to say. No. So they have, like I said, there's Gettysburg, there's Branson, there's a place in New Mexico, which shares land with indigenous people. And, you know, in some cases there's, there are queer people who they're trying to build better relationships with their family that are being made up in drag. There was one story I found especially sad. Um, it was in the Branson episode and it was uh, a young man who was gay. He had gone off to live in the big city, whatever that is. Um, well, I don't think he named, I don't think he named which city he was talking about. Chris was like, I can see you're kind of laughing at me saying whatever that is. I don't know which big city he went to, but he wasn't happy about how he got into drugs and alcohol. And so he decided that, you know, Christ was the way for him. And he tried to renounce his queerness, basically say that he wasn't gay anymore. And the thing that I thought was incredible was watching as his mother was basically saying, I just want you to be happy. And I just want you to have love. Like this wasn't a case of religious parents, driving him to adopt this behavior it was internalized homophobia and the church community doing this for him and so getting to see him go through this performance and actually it was his mom performed with him they actually got oh, up wow. on stage together and you know getting to see in the follow up they occasionally if there's a big life change that comes out of this they put a little text with follow up and seeing what his follow up was was very very heartening but then there's also you know there was in the first episode in in gettysburg there's a mom who she's doing it because she wants to make amends with her daughter her daughter came out to her as bisexual and let me just say this mother had the wrong response Uh, as as a religious uh. parent and since then she's realized oh my god i've seriously fucked up and she's become a part of P flag and she's um you know she goes out to pride and she's given out free mom hugs now but she still hasn't rebuilt that relationship with her daughter so it's kind of one of those can she by doing this very public fucking drag show in drag um can can this be enough to kind of rebuild a relationship i got to be honest i cried for most of the episodes i bet because there's like really big stuff happening it's very emotional and it's funny because in in rupaul's drag race rupaul often says rupaul's drag race bringing families together and i thought well i mean yes that's true it definitely does that but you know what we're here does that as well for sure like such incredible things and so the, the thing that I love is that it showcases, first of all, there are queer people everywhere. It doesn't matter how small your town is. It doesn't matter how uh, religious your town is. There are absolutely queer people there, whether you've connected with them or not. And the other thing was just that support means everything when you're queer, and especially in towns like that. Whether it's from friends and family, because like I said, there were, you know, there were queer people who did not have good support from friends and family who maybe they were there to try to make amends, but there were queer people who had very supportive family members. And in some cases, their family were actually more supportive than they than they even really knew. They just hadn't had the right conversation yet. And then there were other people who were put in drag for these shows that are straight, but they are prominent members of their community. And they wanted to make a statement to the community. Yes to say you belong and there are people who care and we want this to be safe for everyone and i love that this show showcases how crucial straight allies are and not just people who claim hey i'm an ally because it's very easy to say well i'm an ally to whatever you know whatever community you want you can just say it but like the i would say these people go even past allyship Last year, I read a book called Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall, which is fucking phenomenal and basically talks about how white feminism has let down uh, the black community in many ways, which is absolutely true. true. But at the end of the book, she talks about the need to go beyond allyship to become an accomplice, because like I said, you can just declare allyship, but that doesn't actually make it so. But an accomplice is somebody who gets in there and they do the work. And they're often doing, the, like, they're doing the work they're told to do. It's not from, like, a, hey, this is what you need. i tell you what you need kind of place. And these men and women who got in drag and got up on stage and said, this is what's, you know, this is what's right. Everyone's welcome here. They're the accomplices. And I love that they've modeled that. Not everybody has to get in drag, but you can still do something. There's still something that you can always do to find a way to show up for the community that you care about, that you're not a part of so in terms of content warnings definitely um homophobia externally or internally uh like i said there's definitely massive internalized homophobia from that one guy and even like in the in the branson episode the the police are called on them several times to get them to leave businesses it's really gross and it's kind of hard sometimes like there were i thought i could just watch the whole series in a day it's only six episodes i could not because it really like sometimes can hurt your heart. There's also um, discussion of suicide. So in the fourth episode, there is a mom and daughter who are doing it as a tribute to the other daughter who was a lesbian who killed herself. And so that's a very, very prominent. It's not just like a little mention. It's a very prominent narrative throughout the whole episode. It's beautiful. But that's probably the one that I cried the most for. And then in the last episode, actually, it's interesting. The last episode, they were all set to do uh, the drag performance somewhere and then COVID happened. So they had to sort of readjust. And so we see them kind of meeting who all their drag daughters are going to be. And instead, it turns into Shangela, Eureka, Hera, and Bob, the drag queen sharing their own journeys with drag. How did they discover drag? How did they really get into it further? What did it mean for their careers? How did they end up on Drag Race? What's it been like since then? And Eureka O'Hara, this is more of a mention than a than an in-depth thing, but Eureka O'Hara talks about how they attempted suicide at one point. So again, oh. if that's a, yeah, they're really, really sad. And oh my God, I'm so, I'm so glad they didn't succeed. Right. When you see like what their legacy has been since then. So those are your content warnings, but honestly, it's so, it's so good. I really, really loved it. It's probably the best thing I've seen in a while. And like I said, it's only six episodes and season two starts on October 11th. So you actually have time to catch up and then hop in in season two when it gets started in a few weeks.
0: I might have to do that. It sounds really good. And I will say, I checked while you were talking, I checked on Mm. the population of like Gettysburg and population of Branson. And oh my gosh, both of them are under 15,000 people. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I was like, what? So, but Branson is like... Uh, Branson is like it has like a bunch of theme parks and it's yeah just, it seems bigger than it is because there's so much to do down there oh uh, so, so it's all tourism? there's a, a tourism 100 yeah. percent tourism like they have like a ton of stuff it's almost like like Dollywood but not as cool
1: I was gonna yes. say and even from like what they were showing around the town with the concert stages and stuff to me it, it looked it, it looked like it was like bible nashville
0: oh for sure yeah a hundred percent like i yeah i can't go down there i can't go to branson
1: no I that's the no, i mean, I, won't. I would say I'll, I'll now that i've seen down it, there don't go to branson <laughs> you yeah. will have the police called right. on you if you are visibly gay and walk into oh, a business and it wasn't I, even when they were yes they had the police called on them when they were in drag but they also had the police called on them when they were out of drag so it was truly just because they're queer hate
0: so much hate in this in my it's unfortunate there's so much hate in my state. Mhm. you know, and it just gets worse the farther south you go. So,
1: yeah. But it's a bummer. I th- I think the thing that I appreciate about this show is that it does show that while hate is absolutely still a reality, there are so many people out there that are choosing love.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. That's great. So that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed this show, please hit your subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can get notified whenever we release an episode. Or if you have a friend that you think would like the show, please tell them about it. If you feel inclined, if you feel like rating and reviewing, we would also love you forever.
0: Right. And of course, always reach out to us on your favorite social media network, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we got a bunch. Uh, and plus, you can also reach out to us individually. I just noticed that in our bio on Twitter, it has our, our individual handles. Huh, who knew that? Or you can just email us at podcast at, rec- at com. So that's exciting. Bye, everyone. We want to hear from you. Oh, sorry. For sure. No. Go ahead. Let's do it. One, two, three. Bye, Bye. everyone. <laughs> such a dork.
2: Nah, you're great.